Hello. Welcome to Lights Carry Action. I'm Carrie Morrison and my housemate is a dancer. Now this is relevant because the reason why this episode is going to be late today is because my housemate, who is a dancer, had a really important audition that I had to turn off all my Wi-Fi for. So that's the reason this episode is late today. We popped a bottle of champagne in celebration because he was preparing this audition for like two months. So heck a proud of him and I wish him all the best. But don't worry, folks, even though this episode may be late today, you'll still get reviews from me. So let's go on to our first film of the week. Hi, Dad. Hey, kiddo. Oh my gosh, do you look beautiful. Cliff, how's your mom's hip? Good, thanks. Good. He thinks you're my girlfriend. Right. Been busy? Yeah. Dean's traveling with clients all the time, and I'm just the buzzkill waiting to schedule things. Just, I'm so stuck. The first film I'm going to be looking at is On the Rocks, which is written and directed by Sofia Coppola, which is released this year in 2020. You might know the director Sofia Coppola from her directing films such as Lost in Translation, The Virgin Suicides, The Beguiled, Marie Antoinette. She has a very big and famous filmography. This film is about Laura, who is married to her husband, Dean, and she's starting to suspect that he's having an affair. So she teams up with her playboy father, who's played by Bill Murray, and they go on shenanigan-like missions to find out if her husband is cheating on her. Do you? He should be worshipping the ground you walk on. And if he's doing something dishonorable, you need to know. What if Dean's just busy? I'm in a rut. That's it. I think we should follow him. What? I think you better see him in action. This is your idea of incognito? This film is a really nice, gentle comedy, which has a script that has very morally complex characters, very in-depth characters, that was really nice and refreshing to watch, oddly. Even though I've been covering films that do have these complex characters, there was something about this that really compelled me about all of the characters. The only person that I wasn't really a huge fan of was Bill Murray's character, because he has done some stuff that... Just because of personal reasons, I'm not really a huge fan of that kind of storyline. But, I mean, Sofia Coppola is a fantastic director, as this film demonstrated, and her past filmography. It is well shot, and I think what I like about it is, there's a, there's a lot of those films that are set in New York, and they show, like, the really generic, like, skyline, and people being busy, and, like, loads of cabs. And there was something about this that felt very grounded and very realistic in terms of how they approach that sort of thing but that could just be me and my British viewpoint about that I'm sure if a New Yorker is listening to this and has watched On the Rocks they might be like oh eye roll I think Rashida Jones who plays Laura is a fantastic actor I really enjoyed her performance and I think Bill Murray that Bill Murray's character has the dialogue that if played wrong could be very textbookish and a character that is very unsympathetic, but he adds such a charm to the role that makes him a very compelling character to connect with. I also really liked Marlon Wayans, who plays the husband, Dean. Obviously, I don't want to give any spoilers because I do recommend this film, but his portrayal of Dean is very good because it was an excellent way of towing the line between is he cheating on her or is he very affectionate towards his wife and is it actually like just a big worry that 
Laura and her father have. So the film didn't feel predictable in that sense, which a lot of these kind of films usually are. And also, I really liked the relationship between Laura and Dean with their children. I don't know, there was something really nice about it and very realistic and sweet about it. It is very intimate and obviously Sophia Coppola knows how to write stories so that all character choices and dialogue make sense and knows how to cast appropriately. So all in all, it was a very nice watch. And also, little little pin, I'm really enjoying the fact that new films are like roughly 90 minutes and we're doing away with the thing of they need to be over two hours long because there are films out there that can just be 90 minutes long and they'll be just as great. So the fact this film is only 97 minutes long, heck appreciated. It still felt like a full film, because sometimes with 97 minute films, they can feel quite short and they can be embellished a little bit more, but this one was just perfect. The next film I'm going to be covering is, again, a very intimate film, and it's a very sweet father-daughter relationship. How's it going, kiddo? It's jam sesh time. No. Come on. When jam sesh time arrives, we have to put aside childish things like homework and med school. Please don't touch my thing. It's jam sesh time. I have to close the shop. I'm sorry, Frank. I held off on raising the rent as long as I could. I mean, it's time. My girl starts UCLA in the fall. You can't make your heart feel like what? Just a bunch of words. I want it that way. They want what? What way? I'm sorry. Are you bringing up? The Backstreet Boys. It's actually a pretty good song. We don't always get to do what we love, so we need to love what we do. I never realized that was your secret. Yep. We've been trying to start a band with me since I was like 12. We're not a band. We're not a band. I like it. The next film I'm going to be looking at is 2018's Hearts Beat Loud, which is directed by Brett Haley. He's directed films that are very much young adult kind of films, so All the Bright Places, which was released earlier this year. He directed the film adaptation of Looking for Alaska, which was a John Green novel. And it stars a father and daughter relationship, Frank and Sam Fisher, played by Nick Offerman and Kirstie Clemens, respectively. And Frank is having to close his vinyl record shop as his daughter is preparing to go to university when they suddenly find success in their songwriting. She's the adult. It's just her way of making it easier for you when they leave. We right at the Maybe you could take a year off and we'll see what happens. Are you suggesting that I don't go to college so that I can stay and be in a band with you? You have the same thing that your mother had. And if she were here right now... No, she... you don't get to do that! Soon I won't be by your side, give me... I've been here my whole life. I want something different. It's time to get away. This film is so sweet and lovely and charming. I adore the relationship between Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clemens' characters. It's a very realistic father-daughter relationship. At times I think the script is a little bit Peter Pan syndrome in terms of Nick Offerman's character who plays the dad. But they do address that in the film, so it's not like it's a major flaw that went unnoticed in the writing. Sarah Lane, who's one of the actors in it, plays Rose, who over the course of the film becomes... Sam's girlfriend and their relationship is so sweet and because I'm so used to queer relationships being very sad and depressing it was really refreshing. The music is really nice I've put them on my playlist because beyond the perspective of them being songs that are written for films 
The songs are just actually really good. And I recommend the soundtrack if people haven't heard it. I think all the actors in it actually are so well connected and they bounce off each other so well. I don't know about Ted Danson. It felt like a really odd casting choice because he was so well kept, but yet his character was very, let's say, free willing. I'm not going to go that much further in that. But I think this song has a very powerful voice and the message is about growing up and letting things go in order to progress with your life. And its heart is in the right place. It's just it's just wonderful. I adored it. Now, the next father-daughter relationship I'm going to be looking at is very different to the other ones. And just in terms of genre, it feels like it's immune to being categorised. Yes, I'm going to be looking at the 1999 film adaptation of William Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus, this adaptation being called Titus, which was directed by Julie Taymor. Julie Taymor has directed so many Shakespearean productions, but one of the most prolific work I think that might be more mainstream is when she directed the musical adaptation of The Lion King. She also directed a screened production of The Magic Flute. But in terms of films, she also directed the musical Across the Universe and also the biopic of Frida Kahlo and also film adaptations of other Shakespeare films such as The Tempest and Midsummer Night's Dream. So how do I describe the plot of a 400-year-old play? Well, Titus Andronicus, who is welcomed back to Rome as a warrior, uh, defeating the quote-unquote Goths and brings back the prisoners, including the mother, who's played by Jessica Lange. Honestly, to save your time, I cannot go much further. There is gore, there is family relationships, there is politics, there is... Oh boy, there is a lot to unpack. Titus. Welcome, my gracious lord. Welcome all. <laughs> this film is wild. I cannot emphasise enough how this film is wild. I didn't know much about what happens in Titus Andronicus, to be perfectly honest. I knew some key plot points, like of how ridiculous some of the gruesomeness of the play actually is. But I didn't know the extent of the of the gore and the violence. I didn't know how that gruesomeness was connected to the story, per se. And, oh God, this film is an experience. It's definitely one of those films where it feels like it was a play translated to screen because the kind of camera work and the performances by the actors is for a theatrical production. The set design is pure theatre production kind of gimmicky. The way they set it, it's this blend of Roman with 70s punk with modern technology. I was just like, what am I watching? This is my personal opinion in terms of Shakespeare productions in general, theatre and films alike. Directors tend to put Shakespeare plays in a really 
quirky setting because that makes it refreshing but it doesn't actually add to the story at all and all it does is like oh cool nice costumes and it doesn't actually add anything to the story or the production it just feels like a bit of an empty visual if that makes sense I kind of get what it was aiming for because at the beginning there's this montage of this child playing with this collection of toys that varies from like a Roman soldier to a motorcyclist to all of these different characters and I understand why they become this sort of weird amalgamation in this production of Titus Andronicus but when it comes a book ending the play it's not clear enough as to whether this was all in the kids imagination it most likely is but it just makes it quite vague and you are not really certain what message it was trying to give but in terms of the performances Anthony Hopkins and Jessica Lang absolutely great they're relishing the part so well Alan Cumming or oh radiating queer energy oh yeah that was another thing i wanted to add as well one of my pet peeves in terms of making a character seem evil is just having all of these sexual interactions with a massive group of people and these weird relationships between the two sons and just kalang's character it was like weirdly sexual even though they're her two sons which kind of makes sense in terms of the story but also i'm just like why do you need to connote these things to make them evil why why it annoys me because there's a lot of jokes about gay sex in it as well to kind of make it seem raunchy and like grotesque and I'm like why are quote-unquote queer acts deemed sinful whereas the good team are very like pure and angelic and I'm like I get it based on William Shakespeare that was kind of the deal at the time but in terms of directing it for a modern audience it just makes it seem like being queer is evil and I'm just like nah mate I'm not here for that that's not cool obviously you have to deal with the fact that in William Shakespeare's writing there was some very racist prejudice against black people in that writing and I understand the way that Harry Lennox who played the character of Aaron if people know the play like he feels he was cursed with being black and wants to take out his anger on the world and just being evil but in terms of the writing and the way they cut it, because trust me, when doing Shakespeare productions, they make cuts. They're so damn long. It still came across as like, black people are evil. And I'm like, I get it. It's 1999. It's not going to be hashtag woke. But at the same time, it's difficult. Shakespearean plays are really clever and brilliant, but also they are a product of its time, even though it's strangely liberal in terms of when it was set and the way they deal with the character Lavinia as well absolutely terrible I do kind of think they don't handle that well in terms of the way the play treats Lavinia there's just so much to unpack that I can't really explain in a small review for you but when I say that it is wild in terms of the plot and there are things that don't age very well in terms of this film but at the same time there are very good Shakespearean performances that might be an odd but interesting introduction to Shakespeare's work maybe go for it but at the same time I think there are better Shakespeare adaptations out there now those are all the films I watched this week I think if I'm going to pick one it's going to be Hearts Beat Loud it is lovely I love some wholesome gay representation for the win absolutely adore it but that's all the time I have for today. Please check out the Patreon, which will be in the show notes. It's only £1 a month. It'll be appreciated. And you can find updates on the podcast at Carimo Media on Instagram. And you can also follow my personal Twitter and Instagram at Carimo97. 
But that's all for today, everyone. Take care, stay safe.